Hey guys, welcome to the Jeremy Mullins podcast where we do a deep dive into education to optimize people's performance. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Uh, you're hearing my voice, Reno. This is going to be a Q&A and we have our expert across from me, Jeremy. And so with this episode, we kind of just, we have a few questions that are probably on your mind as they are on mine and others. Um, but we just want to ask Jeremy and he's going to give us our, the best answer based on studies, based on his experience and so on and so forth. And we kind of culminated these questions as the top of the top questions. So, um, they should hopefully provide you the best feedback and answers to what you need. Um, so number one, we're and this is random. Uh, what do you have your clients track purpose of minutes and walking versus step count? Why, why the difference there? Awesome. You know, so, and, and I always say it well, I'll try to answer, I always try to answer these in, you know, what we know now, right. And what is, is working now. I think that's something that with Q and A and, and even the education of the podcast, I want people to understand is things may change, you know, 10 years down the road, I may change my stance on X, right. Because data changes or trends change inside of coaching. Um, but the reason I'm big on doing purpose walking, right. If we look at, you know, America, on average, we live a sedentary lifestyle, right? So if you think about it from the standpoint, we have desk jobs, right? Even going back and now we have dishwashers and we have, you know, washing machines, we don't do as much physical activity as we did maybe 40, 50, 60 years ago. So what we're trying to do with the 60 minutes of walking every day is to get up and purposely move. Okay. And the reason that we don't necessarily look at steps is wearables can overestimate, they can underestimate, they might be tracking your steps because you're just moving, like I talk with my hands. So if I had a certain wearable that that did that, then you know that would be in there. And it, I don't want the listener to think that it is not okay to track steps. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with you looking at your steps and, and monitoring that as a trend, 100%. Like if you say, okay, hey, in January, I was averaging 10,000 steps a day. You know, now in the springtime, I'm averaging 15,000 steps a day. Great. We know that movement has came up. But from the standpoint of like looking at it um, tactfully and working with people and developing baselines, I like to have my clients report back to me the minutes of purpose walking. That way it allows me to adjust it and say, okay, Reno, I need you to increase those minutes by 15 minutes, right? Because I know exactly what I'm doing in, in increasing it over the baseline that we're currently at. Awesome. And, and I'll, I'll tell a cool story with that. We used to have the kids uh, have wearables. And I remember hiking one time and, and Bree's like goal goes off, right? That she reached her step mm -hmm. goal. And she hadn't took a step in over an hour and a half because she was in the backpack, right? So it was just the fact that <laughs> yeah. she was moving that it did that. And, and then when I had a Fitbit, I remember doing a mountain bike ride where I got 50,000 steps, right? The Fitbit told me that I had 50,000 steps for the day. And it wasn't that. It was just mm -hmm. the fact that it was a long mountain bike ride and the jarring of the handlebars and of the bike over the course of that day created that steps, okay? So it's not wrong, right? I'm not, you're not in trouble for counting steps, looking at steps, watching the trend, but that is why that inside of my coaching, how and why I do it by based on the purpose minutes versus the steps. Yeah, and something I do, is if it says I burn 400 calories during a certain workout, I just aim. If I do stairmaster whatever, I'll aim and like I'm gonna try to hit 400 calories on my Apple Watch. Not necessarily that I actually burn 400 calories. I just aim for my Apple Watch to say that calorie mark. 100. Um, let's see. What supplements do you recommend on a budget? 
Oh, I like this one. This was this a this one come in or is this yours? You don't have to ask, <laughs> but this is a good one. Um, because I think it is important, right? And you know, I tell everyone, um, and this goes with what we do here on the show with you know bringing in um Tony from Green Up and doing education on finances, like supplements needs we need to have a budget line, right? And these go into our written budget, and you know we need to have a certain amount on there. And probably what I would say if we're on a budget the things that we would stick with, and these are not in any particular order. Um, but I would say omega-3 fatty acids, magnesium, multivitamin, and a post-workout protein, right? The, that's what I would put, you know, in supplements on a budget. And I, I'd also put an asterisk in there that your post-workout protein should go into your food budget, right? Because yes, it's, it's a supplement in definition, but protein powders, in my opinion, when we're talking budget wise should go over in the food budget, right? Because if I'm drinking a shake for breakfast versus eating eggs for breakfast, right? That's going to save me a little money in my, my food budget. So protein powders, I think should go in the food budget, but those would be my, my big ones. If we're looking at, Hey, I've only got X amount to spend. And then a multivitamin would go on there next. Awesome. And the the daily men's, women's vitamins one, the all-in-ones are good. Yeah, so or... with a multivitamin, you know, typically, you know, what I always like to look for is capsule form, right? You know, and, you know, of course you say, well, if you're going to play, hey, Jeremy, what brand you're going to get? It's it's first form all the way, 100%, right? But we're not going to kick you off the the JM's podcast island if you're doing another, another brand. But within, you know, multivitamins, what you want to look at is make sure they're in capsule form. Okay. When you start getting into the hard pressed multivitamins, the body will have a hard time completely breaking those down and absorbing them. So you're not going to get as much out of them. So you're looking at capsules, then gummies, you know, or chewables being better options than your hard capsules. Um, and first form, we, we have a M factor, which is just the multivitamin. So with this being a budget question, then I would say you would go with just the multivitamin and stay away from maybe the men pack the men and the women's packs that you were referring to, because when you get into that, you are going to get more micronutrients, but the the price of those packages are going to go up. And now uh, that's how I teach it to my clientele. And when they ask Jeremy, Hey, should I do M factor or should I do microfactor? Um, microfactor is our multivitamin pack and M factor is just our multivitamin. So if it's a budget question, go with the, the, the M factor. If you have the budget to go with the, the multi uh, nutrient pack, go with microfactor. Awesome. Uh, can a client be short on carbs and fats? Okay. So I assume this is a, a fat loss client, right? Um, and yeah, fat loss. Yep. Yeah. So the answer is going to be yes, right? So inside of your fat loss journey, you know, we're always looking to hit your protein or you have the green light to go above, right? Because the body cannot make protein. We need to make sure that we're hitting it every single day to maintain the muscle tissue um, on our fat loss journey. And then, yes, if you're short on carbs and fats, which are our fuel sources, it is totally okay to be short on those, which will cause your calories to be low and you will use more body fat, right? Now, once again, I always like to ask the client, is hunger good and is your energy good? Because you don't want to undereat carbs and fats and it causes your hunger and your energy to suffer, right? Because that may lead to overeating, which, in, and once again, doesn't help us to be a couple hundred calories short two days. And if we overeat a thousand calories on the third day. Mm. So I guess short answer, yes, you can be short carbs and fats. There we go. Maybe you need, you need to put a timer yeah. on me for these, right? 
Yeah, no, when you're tracking, don't worry. Uh, I like the first form thing. It gives you a little green check mark when you do hit it. But if you don't, don't worry. Don't stress it. Uh, let's see. What is the difference between first forms level one and formula one's protein powder? Awesome. So, you know, um, and I'll do this to, to answer this directly, but a broad thing first. So we do have plant-based protein, a, a vegan power protein um, that we provide. We do have some natural lines of protein that is going to use more of a natural sweetener versus, you know, a fake uh, artificial sweetener. So not going to get into those with this question since it is more directed to, okay, what is just the difference between the two main proteins that we have? So level one is a slow assimilating protein. Okay. What does that mean? It digests slower. It is designed to mimic the digestion of a real food protein source, which is a slower digestion. Okay. So with level one, you're going to use this as like a protein replacement or in your smoothies. Um, so if you're just saying having a salad and you don't want to have, you know, a chicken breast, or you don't want to have salmon, or you don't want to have a, a protein source on the salad, you could definitely drink a level one and have a salad, right? Or as a snack, you know, you grab a fruit and drink a level one, you know, and it can be used as just, I, I hate to use the term meal replacement, because when you think meals, especially the way that we teach, you should have a protein source, a primary protein source with each meal and snack, and you should have produce with each meal or snack. So we don't like to use the terminology that level one is a meal replacement, because we'd like to see that produce added there, but you could definitely drink level one by itself, right? But it's going to digest slower. Therefore, it's going to stick with us a little longer, help us feel full versus formula one. Think formula one is the, the sport of uh, racing, right? Formula one is hundred percent whey protein isolate is going to digest super fast. So a fast assimilating protein. And what this means is it's going to break down fast. That protein is going to break down amino acids, which is going to get back to the muscle cells ASAP. So you want to use formula one in that post-workout setting, but you could also use formula one pre-workout. You could also use formula one first thing in the morning to break a fast to make sure that, Hey, it's digested quickly and you're getting amino acids back to the muscle cells. Um, those are the three times that I will generally recommend that we use it. So, um, level one makes a thicker shake. So you can see it in the powder. It's kind of a thicker powder. It will make a thicker shake, which is more like the smoothies that I was talking about, or your protein ice creams or bud cakes that a lot of people make. And then formula one makes more of a juice texture, right? So it's more of that liquid texture, mm -hmm. um, from that standpoint. So I know a lot of people like the summer flavors, you know, cause you can get watermelon, cherry lime, and it kind of makes it more like a juice texture when it's really hot. Awesome. And uh, the final question, a big one, um, we've had a few of these. I experience indigestion, constipation, and heartburn regularly. Why would that be the case? Okay. Um, you know, first of all, with with having multiple of those, you know, I would say, hey, make sure you're following up with your family doctor to make sure there's nothing medically wrong, right? Especially if someone's having all of those symptoms. But when I hear those symptoms, the first thing I look at is, okay, what is the quality of foods in the diet? Because a lot of your processed foods, a lot of your fast foods, that type of stuff can cause some of those issues. Um, so that would be the first thing we're going to look at is, okay, what is the quality of the diet? How, how are we doing? Then I might go start looking at stuff like, okay, what is the gut health of this person, right? Maybe we need to look at optimizing gut health, which would start with what I just said of cutting out the processed foods. But then we could also look at adding um, prebiotics, you know, probiotics. Um, if we're talking supplementation, we could look at Opti Greens that we have. There's some things that we could look at to improve that gut health. 
But from the nutritional standpoint, it would start with looking at processed foods. Um, and then we could also look at timing, you know, so those symptoms I will hear sometimes if someone's eating a large meal late at night, right? So because, you know, our bodies are not made to optimally digest food, like if you eat a large meal and go to bed, you know, right after. So some of those symptoms that you just mentioned, I do see if some people are eating late at night, you know, the next morning. So um, hopefully that gets whoever, you know, ask that one that, that you know, because that one's one that we always like to say, hey, I'd love to ask more questions to the individual. Right. But mm -hmm. in my mind, that's what I start looking at is, OK, eliminating those processed foods, looking at adding, you know, prebiotic, probiotic, you know, that we improve the gut health. You could also look at digestive enzymes. OK, so I'll paint a uh, picture for this. If this is someone who's trying to gain weight and they're eating a lot of calories and they're having these symptoms, then it could be a digestive enzyme um, issue. Well, maybe we need to add some digestive enzymes because they're just eating such a large volume of food that they need help digesting those foods. So great question. I'm sorry that that one's tough to answer directly because um, there's a lot of other information I'd like to ask, you know, to to the person that had, you know, sent it in or, or had it. Um, but I think that's a that's a good broad answer. You know, if someone is having those symptoms. Cool. Awesome. Well, that is all the questions um, that we brought in. Um, as far as uh, we do have partners, you can um, get free consultations with uh, some rejuvenation clinics and with Green Up Wealth Management. Uh, if you're interested in those, those links are below. Um, and then also if any of these answers to these questions kind of rang a bell with you, um, you can work with Jeremy in the first form app. Um, it's $12 a month. Uh, you can make him your advisor. Uh, just download the app with the link below and uh, add Jeremy at firstform.com for the email. And a lot of times with that, guys, um, you have to type that email in uh, exactly. You can't just search it for some reason. It doesn't, you put Jeremy in, it doesn't come up. So it's just type in Jeremy at firstform.com. That should bring it up inside the app. And if you have any issues, you can always just email us here at the podcast and we'll take care of you. So I like this one. I'd like to do uh, uh, more of these. So if you guys do have questions, make sure that we're sending them over. We will, of course, answer them directly, um, you know, but also start throwing them on the, on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And our goal is here to provide unlimited as much free value, uh, unlimited value to you as possible. So yeah, absolutely. Email those over. Um, they come to me, I forward them to Jeremy and he answers them um, literally as soon as we can get to them. Um, but again, thank you for listening and we will see you guys in the next one. See you guys.